Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to... Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. If it's a Monday, you know what we're talking about on this show. Another ATP Challenger-centric episode from Crack Rackets contributors Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro. On today's show, they discuss whether the ATP Challenger offseason should be a bit longer, discuss all of the COVID-related drama in Sao Paulo. They also talk about former UCLA standout NCAA doubles champion Maxime Cressy's chase towards the top 100 and so much more. It is another fantastic episode that I know all of you listeners are are going to enjoy. Of course, before we get there, just worth mentioning, we have officially shifted into off-season mode here at Crack Rackets. What does that mean for all of you listeners? It means you're going to get to hear conversations where we discuss our biggest takeaways from 2021, talk about our biggest questions heading into 2022 over the next few weeks and month and a half. Of course, you're going to be able to hear those conversations here on this podcast feed, on the mini break podcast feed. We're going to try to talk to as many coaches, players as we can on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well. Tons of fantastic content, fantastic guests lined up, including ATP Challenger superstar Stefan Kozlov, who I believe is going to be joining us on the show later this week. Very excited for him to make his debut on the podcast, and I feel like that's an interview all of you listeners should certainly enjoy if you enjoy this podcast. So again, be on the lookout for all the content on the website, crackrackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, the Mini Break Podcast, feed crack interviews podcast feed to guarantee that you don't miss out on any of the action but you didn't come here to hear the plugs you came here to hear some challenger tennis talk so without further ado let's get to it another episode from crack rackets contributors damian Kust and Jakob Barbara. Uh, hello and welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Two Podcast. Uh, I'm once again joined by Fred Jakub, who is actually in the kitchen today. Uh, how are you, Jakub? Coming live from the kitchen. Yes, it's me. I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, I am, in fact, in the kitchen right now. Uh, and yeah, I think I think we'll get through it while I'm in the kitchen as well. Great. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I made you somewhat uncomfortable. Uh, where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with Forley. Uh, Maxime Cressy beats up Matthias Bachinger 6-4-6-2 for the title uh, in Italy. Finally, he wins one this year. Uh, he's, he's been he's been doing great uh, in the in this autumn. Really, he's been amazing. And finally, he's rewarded with with the title. Uh, it is his first in February 2020. He moves up ten spots to number 112. Uh, and he got it without losing a set and without even going to a tiebreak, which seems kind of insane for Cressy. Uh, and uh, he started with beating out uh, Karlovsky, then beat Viola, Lenz, 
uh, yellow cells. And as I said, Bachinger in the final, what did you make of Maxine Cressy this week? Yeah, I think what you said about the tie breaks is so important. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy that Maxine Cressy played five matches, won all of them and never even got to a, to a single tie break. He was actually broken yeah. just once by, by Bachinger in the, in the first set. But as you said, he's been so good in these past two months or so. I mean, he, he finally got that consistency of results that he was always struggling to get. And that's why he's so close to the top 100 right now. He's 84 points away. Uh, and actually, we, we we made a bit of a mistake when we talked about it like last week or maybe two weeks ago when we were sort of um, weirded out by the decision to sign up for Rio de Janeiro. It turns out that's actually on hard courts. Oh, yeah, so he's gonna play one more one more event in Forley. Even if he wins, he cannot get top 100 from that. But then he mm-hmm. wants to go to Rio to play on hard courts. Uh, I don't know if that's a better choice than playing indoors on clay in Maya. Uh, like potentially, if he gets to a final in Forley, then it's gonna be really hard to make it to Rio, I guess. But you cannot really plan your tournaments that way. You know, think about making the finals every time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's going to be one of the favorites to reach the final in Forley again, Definitely. for sure. Um, I mean, traveling to Rio, he's clearly very much pushing for Australian Open main draw, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, like for players at this level, it is just so incredibly important. That difference money-wise between making it to the main draw and having to do qualifying is one of the most insane things in sports, I think, um, where playing one or two slums can basically financially secure your entire year and and, and you're good um so it, it is kind of crazy that he plans to go to rio um of course i think hardcourt is understandable i don't think that even indoor clay would help him much uh because we, we saw just how much he struggled <laughs> this year on clay yeah i reckon um, he, i think he played maya uh, last year or maybe two years ago but i can't remember how he did but if i can't remember then he probably lost early <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he, he's playing great tennis, and I'm I'm very excited to see him in Forli, maybe in Rio. We'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah, two years ago, and actually barely beat Nadelko and won three games against Lestien. So, yes, Oof. maybe it's the right choice actually. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, and as you said, Matthias Bakinger made the final. He just sort of always seems to come up with the goods on indoors. Like every once in a while, he has that good run. A uh, very good win over Chelik Bilek for sure. That that was high level. Uh, Rodionov as well. Uh, he Otter retired. That he was actually both of our uh, for both of us. He was yeah. he was the, the the peak to win the title. Um, yeah, he was certainly running out of steam there. I don't know if there was any. A real issue, but I mean, for him to just give up on the goal of making the top 100 this year, so close to it, because he's like, what, uh, just a couple points away, right? But I, I saw that no one is going to be dropping points in the weeks to come, since mm-hmm. usually the week doesn't last, uh, the, usually the year doesn't last this long. Yeah. So, so no one is really dropping points. So it looks like Otter will really stay 12 points away from the top 100, unless Cressy uh, beats him to it, but Um, yeah, I, I wanted to mention the Yellow Cells, uh, who qualified to reach the semis here. Uh, very impressive run. Uh, beat uh, Pecci and Bashiro in the qualifying. Uh, then Matteo Gigante, uh, which, I mean, none of those wins really seemed that, that amazing. But then beat Rado Albot, which I was quite surprised by, because he had a great clash against Vavasori uh, in the first round. Um, and then from there, beat Vatutin and lost to Cressy. Did you see much of Cells this week? 
Uh, I did see the match against uh, Cressy. Uh, nothing before that, I think. But I was also surprised by the by the Albot victory. Uh, Albot really seems to be you know, some sort of uh, on some sort of a resurgent run. Uh, but but the semis sort of proved that. I mean, he 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 had a good draw to get there. Besides the Albot win, but Cressy mm-hmm. was really a, a leak above the field. Uh, also, it's interesting because Cels, I believe, he lost to Vatutin like a month ago in straights. So there was a great chance for Vatutin there as well. But you know, one of the qualifiers, because that was an, actually an all qualifier, uh, an all qualifier quarterfinal. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do we have anyone? Do we have anything else here? Or uh, I wanted to quickly mention Rosal. Uh, we mentioned okay. him in the drop review. I mm-hmm. think he lost second round to Rodionov, but he actually made the, the finals in doubles. Uh, with Vitali Sachko, uh, they lost to Sanchic and Weisborn. Did you see the, uh, you know, the reason why he didn't play, well, not play, but why he wasn't included in the Davis Cup team? Uh, no. Uh, there was a quote from, I, I think it was Jaroslav Navratil, but I cannot remember the the Davis Cup captain. Anyhow, someone from the Czech Federation who said that Russell simply requested more money. Uh, they wanted to give him like uh, $50,000, I believe, and uh-huh. he requested 81. And it's like so specific because 81 is just 2 million uh, in Czech currency. So, yeah, uh, yeah. in uh, Corona <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, so that's pretty insane. So they offered him $50,000 and he said no. Yeah, he... which, is amazing, which is crazy because he will most likely never make another $50,000 playing tennis again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and also because he probably wouldn't even have to play. Like I, yeah. I can't really imagine playing him maybe in that du- maybe in doubles. Yeah, at, at, at a stretch in doubles, he's he's not one of their best uh, best doubles players anyway. Yeah, but so that's pretty insane. Just another insane thing <laughs> that Lukas Russell did in his life, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I remember Klijan having this similar sort of issue where he didn't want to play because the money was so bad. Uh-huh. Uh, but to be fair, the money really was was bad. He wasn't getting offered fifty thousand dollars or anywhere near it. Yeah, I like mean, the, fifty fifty thousand dollars is actually great for this, like, I don't know, Fortnite. Not really a Fortnite, even, right? Yeah, I mean, for for the checks, it was a week. <laughs> it was just three. Exactly. Matches. Uh, sorry, it was euros actually, but but yeah, that doesn't doesn't really change. That, that, that's more than that's more than dollars. So uh, yeah, that that's about one one two million in in coron in coroni. So okay, yeah, that's that's insane to me. <laughs> Agreed. I would I would gladly take fifty thousand euros to I don't know play a match in or in doubles or something. Yeah, I, 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 I would be I would be a Lucas Rosso impersonator for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So maybe we should go to Italia or Sao Paulo. Uh, probably uh, Sao Paulo, go, huh? Or, let's, or let's go to Sao Paulo. It's the other um, challenger eighteen this week. Uh, we had a first-time uh, challenger winner. We, we were going to have that either way in the final. Juan Pablo Ficovic beat out Luciano uh, Daderi in the final six three seven five. Daderi was a qualifier from Italy. Um, we did have a situation in the semis where the two big favorites just didn't come through. You were very unfortunate with Malijeni Rodriguez Alves having to pull out because of COVID. We haven't yeah, had he... something like this. I mean, I, I I thought of all the reasons that my uh, you know my pick for the title can can lose. Like that that's I didn't expect this. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, and then uh, Hari got upset by Fikovic. But yeah, Fikovic, uh, did you see much of him this week? What did you think of him? Yeah, I mean, I I, I certainly wasn't expecting him to beat uh, Jari, but he was playing well against Kachin earlier, Gustavo Haida also. We we sort of men- mentioned uh, the all the young Brazilians rec- uh, on the last podcast, and Haida was definitely one of the ones that we uh, that we figured could make a quarterfinal or something. Well, he just did. But I was I was sort of uh, like the win against Sondero was great, but then a really tough battle against Marcondes that probably shouldn't have been that that tough, and then the the match against Fikovic was pretty disappointing. So uh, up to the up until the semis, I I wasn't really thinking that Fikovic could win this. But then again, he he had two challenger finals before. Uh, that was one one against Varias and one against uh, Rodionov, I think, in Mexico, right? So so it's he's been a guy who was sort of around that level, and it makes sense that right now with the weaker draw he he got this. Also, an interesting point is that São Paulo is maybe not on uh, not on real altitude, but it's seven hundred meters, so still you know quite something. And the only two previous good runs that Fikovic had this year were actually also uh, you know. On on uh, this one, these ones were actually even higher. So Ambato and Quito. So maybe he maybe he really likes altitude clay, and I guess you know it's just important to bring up the you know the the the, the roads that he had this year because at the end of last year or even the beginning of last year of the of 2021, he first contracted COVID. He couldn't play. I think the Australian Open qualifying. And then he uh, suffered from myocarditis, which is a heart inflammation, and mm-hmm. basically had to. When he came back to training in around April or or May, he had to, uh, you know, monitor his pulse. And whenever it hit 150, he had to instantly stop and wait for it to calm down. And according to a Spanish article I read, uh, you know, 150 is what you hit after I don't know 10 balls or something like that. <laughs> so a, a really tough path for the for this guy. And, and I'm super glad to see him succeed finally. Obviously, a great chance in the final, but it still required uh, a very good effort to to beat Darteri. Yeah, I mean, heart issues are terrifying. We we, we had Svercina this week dealing with heart issues, uh, which 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 was uh, hard to see, and, and hopefully he's going to be okay to to, to come back and play. Um, yeah, anything else from Come again? What, what did you say? Uh, Svercina. Get to retire you to but that's not uh, uh, that's not uh Sao Paulo, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just meant like on the on the uh, did he did he retire? No, I think so. Did, or did he, he just lost move? To, he lost to Peniston because I because I read something about him having heart issues and that was like I don't know. Uh, I, I, I I completely missed it if such. I uh he played Peniston, he led uh 6-2-4-1, I think, and then lost a lot of games in a row. Uh, so maybe that was the case. I, I didn't see that one. Uh, yes. Uh, anyhow, there was also one more thing that I wanted to mention because there was a bit of controversy there with Meligeni's withdrawal. Well, you know, disqualification, whatever you want to call it, because of a positive test. Uh, some Argentinian players, I believe it was actually Andrea Colarini and Pedro Cacin, uh, they went on Twitter and they were accusing the tournament of uh, sort of rigging it. That that they that they basically claimed that Merigeni got a positive test on Thursday, so before his quarterfinal against Colarini. Oh. Then uh, th- then th- that they then allowed him to 
get another one and it came out negative but then pulled him out anyway but after the Colarini match I mean it was very very convoluted and actually you know, without being there it's super hard to tell who is right in that case but it, it's just uh it's important to mention that Colarini and Kachin did post these tweets you can probably still find them on Twitter if you want and they they like blame uh, mentioned the, the ATP Challenger Tour. I believe one of them mentioned the ATP Tour as well, and they like put the blame on them as well that, that this issue shouldn't happen. Uh, it's really hard to you know just find out what really happened from from just tweets, but that that's there's been a controversy like that. Yeah. So so just to clarify the the Svechina thing. Uh, yeah, he he, he did lose. Um, he suffers some heart uh, tachycardia, um, and apparently he it happens sometimes, but it has never been as as strong as in the, as on that day. Uh, so that sort of forced him to to end his season, and he has to go through a bunch of different tests now to 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 see if he's going to be okay to, to continue being a professional tennis player. I think. Yeah. So I I found the tweets uh, I mentioned, and Kachin just says that. The ATP Tour and ATP Challenger should give explanations with what happened at the Challenger in Sao Paulo and take the corresponding actions in the case if they do not want to lose credibility, if they have any left. It is a health issue, it is not a game, uh, which I don't know what exactly means, but Carlos Berlock commented on that, by the way, and he said that he spoke with the supervisor and the tournament at the ATP, and they didn't even know what a serious decision they made and that he hopes there is a penalty for those responsible. So it really looks like they allowed Maligeni to play with, with a positive test. Colarini said that he was calling for explanations and some did not answer and others told me they were being informed. In this corrupt world, it makes me think that everything is being put together so that it remains within the rules. A shame, capital letters. Uh, I, I obviously the the things I read to you were Spanish Google translations, but they they seem to be pretty accurate. I I know some Spanish, and, and I I could tell if if it was massively changing the the sentences. Uh, anyhow, yeah, a, a quite a big scandal there, I guess. Uh, that 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 seems to be the the issue that that Maligeni had a positive test on Thursday, and they still played he still played Colarini. So I don't know, a very weird case there. Yeah, I mean, that is absolutely insane if they let him play with a positive test. Um, that's that's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, should we go on to Antalya? Yep. Yes, Antalya, where we had Nuno Borges beat out Brian Peniston in the final uh, to win the, the Antalya 50. It was his first challenger title uh, after making uh, a final at uh, earlier this week, this year. He breaks into the top 250 at number 228, and he earns me a point because he was my pick uh, <laughs> in Antalya this week. Uh, who who did you pick? <laughs> Do you remember, or are you just you know just? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. trying to find it here. Okay, yeah, um, Ricardo Bonadio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't well, know why what I did. What did actually do? He lost he to the lost first round to Dominguez. Yeah, uh, it was like a match that he was in control for most of the time, but Dominguez was slicing a lot and just frustrated him enough at some point. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Why I didn't go for Borges. As if you've been listening to this for a 
for a pretty long time that you, then you know I am I guess you could say a fan uh, of the guy I, I don't know why I, I don't know uh, he was clearly a cut above the field he lost just 30 games on the way to the title actually uh, pretty much had no tough moments like maybe the, the first against Peniston he he led for one but it's pretty clear that that he is simply better than, than than the Challenger 50 level at this point. But it was still super important for him to get over that line. He, I don't know, you probably didn't see that since you were busy, but uh, his reaction after that was, was absolutely crazy. Like he screamed, then kneeled down. <laughs> He's, he, you know, he was clearly so happy to win this, uh, even though it's, you know, in terms of the whole tennis world, it's a pretty minuscule achievement, but not for him and it's it's great to see that passion and hopefully next year or i know he's gonna play two more events in maya we're gonna see him win bigger events yeah i mean uh, i'd love to see that for him it's it's great to see guys with so much passion uh succeed but i actually won the doubles so so he weren't <laughs> that far off on on that end he he won it with with giovanni fonio um yeah, we, we had a situation where we had the semifinals and the finals on the same day. Um, I, I, I'm not sure how how long a break there was. I just I just saw uh, that the... not not long really. They, they they played quite quickly. I think it was like maybe not less than two hours probably. I don't know if it was a factor. Peniston had a longer semi, even though it was both straight sets. It was like 50 minutes longer. So yeah. you know, potentially a factor, but still, still I I don't believe it would have changed the result uh yeah but 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 a fantastic week for both involved it's a bit of a shame for peniston that he loses another challenger 50 final but i i think his mentality in these big matches has been a little bit unstable the quarters against idukovic also he he let six to five free and then almost bottled it uh-huh. uh do you have anything else from from Antalya? Maybe we can just mention that uh, Jamilkal played it as the first wild card ranked, uh, you know, sub 150. Uh, or actually, the other way around. <laughs> and he lost to Baranko Kosano in the second round. Looked sort of disinterested. I I had this, you know, it 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 it, it wasn't nice watching this. Like you almost had the, the, you know, the idea that he didn't really care. I mean, probably wasn't like that, but you know, just. If you don't want to play this event, don't take the wild card and all. That that was the the vibe that was there. But but hopefully, I mean, he he's playing, you know, it next week as well. So it's probably not like that. Uh, maybe also Nicky Hart making the quarterfinals. He's been absolutely excellent on on yeah. the ITF tour this year. Uh, still struggling to make some sort of challenger impacts, probably due to the ultra defensive style. But 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 a very solid for him week for him. Regardless, and actually in the quarterfinals, there were seven players who didn't have a challenger title and Ramanathan who only got it last week. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, pretty much what the what the format is designed for. And yeah, and, yeah, yeah. The, the system of the 50 works if, if you're getting quarterfinals. This year uh, it's been excellent. Uh, this, this year it's been absolutely excellent. Zdenek Kolash won a challenger 50 and then went on to win two more, including a 125, right? Yeah, uh, Pedro Kac was catching a few. No, was catching was a fifty as well. Pedro Kacin won it. Uh, I don't know many many others who who simply 
probably wouldn't have done that, uh, you know, in a, a, a higher category, then getting more confidence and going on to succeed in other events. Yeah. Yep. Agamemnon oh, is a great example because he also won a, an 80 after that in, in Cave. Uh, anyhow, yeah, I think that we can probably wrap this up on on that and go to upset and match of the week. Uh, yeah, sure. Which, which one do you want to start with? Uh, I don't know. Maybe match of the week? Yes. So my match of the week, I've decided to go for uh, Misolic beating Chunuk Sin Tseng. In the in the first round of Antalya, six two five seven seven six nine seven in the third, um, Misolic saved four match points. <laughs> um, it, it, it was fun to watch. Um, towards the end, I feel like Misolic was just so much more active. I started sort of rooting for him, even though I feel, I feel like usually I would just root for saying in this matchup because I and I, I know more about him. Um, and yeah, it was a very fun match to watch. Who is your match of the week? Yeah, I agree. That was definitely fun. Uh, who was uh, Tseng formerly coached by? Because I cannot remember. <laughs> Tseng is formerly coached by Dominique Hrvatsky. <laughs> yes, uh, great. Uh, I went with Koboli uh, Kotov. That was pretty insane too. Uh, a real thriller with Davis Cup atmosphere. Davis Cup in a way that probably gets you know, a little bit too much in the way of the other player at times. Uh, but, but yeah, a ridiculous match, really, that, that the, the amount of drama there was so high that I I really felt like I need to, I don't know, go to sleep or something after watching that. It was just so, you know, the, 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 there wasn't really any, like, emotional peaks. It was just drama all around. Uh, there were also some issues with the umpiring, where where Kotov accused everyone of not, you know, of of trying to help Koboli win. Actually, in that case, it was I don't know, I don't know if justified, but I could see why he would think this way. There were a lot of calls that, you know, were sort of iffy. Potentially, could have gone the the other way around. We never know it if it's actually favoritism or. Or just you know just luck, just ran- randomness. But but yeah, I could I could see how he, why he fought that. By the way, uh, I think to say about Fikovic's title, uh, Argentina has now twenty titles this year, which actually ties the record for most challenger titles in a single season by the by a country, and the record was well is still held by Argentina from 2016, Argentina from 2007, and France from 2005. So there's actually a big chance that Argentina is going to beat it, but we'll see. Someone yeah, I mean, has to Hopefully, I know what we're going to see. Yeah, there's definitely some Argentines in there who could break through here yeah. and take it. Um, yeah, for my episode of the week, I've chosen to go for Fikovic over Hari. I did not see that coming in the slightest at all, <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, I think of, uh, at least before this week, I thought of Fikovic very much, uh, you know, for a second round guy. I, 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 I didn't really think of him much past that uh, or ever considered him for winning a title. But yeah, beating Hari in the semi, that's that's something big for sure. 
Yeah, I definitely thought Fikovic could win a title like two years ago when he played that that final against Varillas, for example. I remember the the battle of the Juan Pablos was very was very exciting at the time, and it didn't seem like Varillas would progress that much further than Fikovic did. But since he you know since he started this season in June, and as you said, been more of a second round guy, I also didn't really see that coming, and that was also my pick. But according to the bookies, it was sales over Albot, which is also pretty fair. Um, I don't know if in in I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, it's fair. Bonadio over uh, Dominguez over Bonadio was a big upset as well, and honestly, really? I I don't really see why. Like, even though I picked Bonadio, I mean, with the injury break that he had, I I I don't understand that. But okay, yeah, I mean, I I saw that match as kind of even. Um, which is why I thought you'd be pretty crazy to go for for a title. But I, I did see yeah, this kind of even too. But I just I don't know. Hard <laughs> work, you know. The hard ones, what it wants, and sometimes you just. Anyway, yes. Uh, so we go to our predictions previews. Uh, I've increased my lead to I think seventeen to thirteen now. Yes. So I still have yeah. a chance, but I have a chance. Yeah. I gotta go like I don't know three zero here or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you 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 can tie me up this week here. Uh, we have four wins this week, two events next week. Um, so we could finish tied, theoretically. Yes, and um, I am going to try hard this week. And then then if I don't manage to, you know, keep it, uh, keep it doable, because nah, the, you know, this is our, well, the, 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 the penultimate week that we're previewing this year. So there's, there's also going to be one more where there's just two events. So that doesn't really give me a lot of space to work with. So this week I'm tryharding, but if it if it fails, then then the last one you're gonna see some absolute craziness. Uh, but yeah, uh, I will try my best this week. Who knows? All right. Uh, so let's get it started. Florianopolis um, is uh, uh, topped by Pablo Cuevas as a top seed. He opens against Nicolas Alvarez uh, Barona. Then the winner faces Alejandro Gonzalez or Matias Zucas. The other seed in the section is Andrea Cuiarini, who faces a qualifier. And we also have Orlando Luz facing Roberto Sitsubervi. In the second section, we have Juan Ignacio Londero against Gustavo, uh, Gustavo Haide, which is very exciting first round. Haide leads the head-to-head 2-0. This, all this year, like the past five yeah. weeks, right? Or some, even less, I think. Yeah, yeah. Both, both in again. November. So yeah, that, that, that's certainly interesting. It will be interesting to watch that. Uh, winner faces Guilherme Clezar uh, or Johan Nichols. Other season section, another cracking first-round match. Nicolas Kicker faces Luciano Darderi, uh, which would be interesting for sure. The winner of that of that match gets an easier second round against either Qualifier or Daniel Dutra da Silva. In the third section, we have third seed Chago Sebashfield against Mateus uh, Puccinelli de Almeida. Very exciting first round. Again, this is this is a lot of good first rounds. Um, and then we have another odd head-to-head. We have Mateus uh, de Carvalho Cardoso Alves facing Genaro Alberto Oliveri. And uh, de Carvalho leads the head-to-head 3 nothing, which okay. is interesting. Uh, I, w- I would not have uh, accepted the, expected that. Yeah, I mean, either. I mean, Oliveri is just so much more established as a as yeah. a player at this level. Uh, then we have our this week's winner, Juan Pablo Fikovic, as the eighth seed. He gets a nice draw here, qualifier, and then either Gonzalo Villanueva or Pedro Boscadin Diaz. 
In the final section, we have second seed Ugo de Yen, uh, facing a qualifier and then playing either Peja Krasin or Hernan Casanova. Also in the section, sixth seed Pedro Kachin plays Facundo Juarez, and the winner of that faces Facundo Diaz Acosta or Kaichi Uchida. I actually don't see how we're go- how we're not gonna go for the same pick here. Like one guy seems so much seems to make so much more sense to me as a pick, but I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll look at the qualifying first, but I don't think there's anyone who could really do, you know, go for a deep run here. Uh, Marcondes was in the second round, but I really didn't think much of his his game, frankly, watching him against Haida. Uh, I checked that Londero Haida had to head, and it's actually in the past four weeks, they played three times, all first round. <laughs> so it's actually some insane luck at this point. Especially as as one of them is un, uh, unseated, one of them is seated. Um, okay. Uh, oh, Guillaume McLezar, by the way. I don't know if you if you said something about him. Like only only mentioned him, right? Uh, yeah, he, he hasn't played in a while. Has yes, he? he hasn't played in a while. Exactly. Uh, I think it's been yeah Santiago in March, and he since then he got into some like finance job. He he has some sort of business. So he he's pretty much, you know, has other things than tennis at this point. He's just 28, by the way. Actually going to finish 29 and he, he's born on the 31st of December. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's I'm still super excited to see him here. He's been ever since these Challenger Tour finals. Uh, what was it like 2012, 13? I don't know. You know, that, that one where he's the final and played these crazy yeah. games against... Uh, Estrella Burgos and someone else. Uh, I've been, I've, I've really enjoyed watching him. Uh, anyhow, I am gonna, as you said, also cracking first round matchups like Putinelida, Almeida, Sabre of Wheels. That's that's superb. And Dardari Kikar. Uh, but I am, and Londero Haida, but I am going to go with Hugo Deli. And, and I, I don't know, I, I am really expecting that you're gonna do it too. I have also chosen to go for Hugo Delian. Yeah, but it does make it does it does make the most sense here, definitely. Yeah, I mean, just just looking looking at his form recently, he's been quite good. Um, well, well, lost to Casanova in Brasilia, which is I guess his uh, only bad loss in the in, in November here. Uh, but you know, won Montevideo and lost to uh, Harry into tiebreakers. And yeah, I mean, the, the other guys, it's either tough draws or it's, it, or it's somebody like Cuevas who is coming off of an injury. I don't really trust him. I'm not sure what to expect. Um, so yeah, Delian has to be the choice for me, I think. I don't know. Should I should I switch it to someone else just to, I don't know, to keep it? I mean, in this situation, I, I will allow you to switch if you'd like to switch. Okay. <laughs> it's up to you. Um... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, let's stick with that. I mean, I don't, I don't think my chances of pulling it back in, in just six events are, are, are pretty hard, uh, you know, are pretty high anyway. So let's just stick with Delian. I, I just, I, as you said, he, he's got a good draw. Some of the seats are, are vulnerable, like Londero or Cuevas. Uh, some of the seats have terrible matchups, like uh, Sablefield or, uh, or Kicker. So yeah, got to be Delian for me as well. Um, yeah, I mean, what a comeback it would be if you if you made that though, and what a choke job for me to, to lose like, it. <laughs> at this point, I have just five events. So, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Otherwise, well, well, we'll we'll see what the picks are here. We're going to Forli, uh, where we have top seed Maxim Cressy, 
replaying against the LSLs, uh, who he faced in the, in the semifinals last week. Here they face first round. The winner gets to play Marek Gengel or Mateo Gigante. Other seed in the section is Vitaly Sachko, the sixth seed, playing Alexander Edler. The winner faces Benjamin Locke or a qualifier. Next section, we have Zizou Bergs, uh, who that, that, that's quite exciting. We've all seen him uh, at a challenger since Muiron Le Captif in October. He faces Pavel Kotov. Winner faces Vashiro or a qualifier. Also in the section, we have 15 Mirza Basic playing a qualifier. And then the uh, he, uh, if, if he wins, he plays David Poliak or Lukas Midler. Midler leads the head to head over Poliak 5 0. <laughs> Okay. So I expect, I expect Midler to win there. Um, next section, we have Salvatore Caruso, the third seed, playing Filippo Baldi. The winner faces Mikhail Pervolarakis, uh, or qualifier. Um, the other seed in the section, we have Andrea Arnaboldi. Uh, a lot of Italians in the section, playing Raul Brancaccio. Uh, winner faces uh, Guys Brower or Julian Lenz. And then the final section, we have second seed Federico Gallo playing Aldin Setkic. Winner faces uh, Lukas Rosso with a wild card. Okay, that's interesting. Or Matteo Viola. Other seed in the section is Andrea Vavasori, the seventh seed playing Luca Nardi. And the winner faces Mariusz Kopil or Alexei Vatutin. What do you make of this draw? Who do you like here? We have Petro Sisipas in the quali- qualifying, I've just noticed. Who's he playing yeah. doubles with? There's so many players in in, in the uh, qualifying draw that you would usually expect them to be alternates like uh, Tsitsipas, Martos Gornes, Piotr Matuszewski. But it, I mean, I really wanted to touch on that, that if you scheduled wisely, in the past few months, everyone was able to play a challenger, like literally. Uh, Piotr Matuszewski got into the qualifying draw at Forni with an entry ranking in singles of 1,675. He wasn't even the last direct acceptance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, 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 you're, if you're somebody with a tennis ranking in the top 1,000 who owns a private jet and could, could just go anywhere to play qualifying uh, in, in seconds. <laughs> not seconds. Yeah, I mean, you, know. you, you really could have could have thought, like planned this. You, I, I, I believe there were simply events that uh so many events the qualifying list of alternates were was almost you know almost uh just you know done to the to its fullest i don't know how to call it but i mean uh th- there's really been a chance like if you if you're a player ranked between i don't know 600 to to 500 let's say and you never played a challenger in that in that time frame let's say the last two months i think you really missed a a great chance uh, obviously qualifying in most cases because for this week for example there there even the main draw entry lists were almost maxed out so uh i mean in for example in forley the last acceptance is 487 benjamin lock anyhow not not really the topic uh i really like the first one between vavasori and nardi that's that uh, that could be interesting although nardi I mean the the wild cards. I have to count it. Actually, I'm not gonna do it right now, obviously. But I have to count the wild cards that he got this year because I think it's gonna be like a crazy yeah. number at this point. And he never really did much with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the favorites, there's a lot of guys who haven't been doing well, like Car- Caruso or Gallo. 
So I I just really don't see another option than to go Cressy again, because usually you have the issue of possible withdrawal, and I think he really wants that Australian Open main draw spot, you know? So, so I think he's going to play. The draw is pretty nice. Uh, Sachko could be an issue. Maybe Zizou Berg's in the semis, or if he even gets there, because he also hasn't really you know, played consistently in a while. So I, I am going to go for Cressy, and I'm fully expecting you to go Cressy as well, and I don't care at this point. <laughs> um, I've chosen to not go Cressy. Okay. Uh, I, I will let you live for now. <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it is the same place. He has had back-to-back finals here. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm just talking myself about Cressy more. But anyway, who I've chosen to go with is Zizou Bergs. Okay. Uh, very exciting player. Hasn't played in a while um, since Antwerp he hasn't played, uh, which is not great. I, th- I think he played in some sort of... Tiebreak tense. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he won it even. Uh, I don't know if it was won the it. Dubai one. I think it was the Dubai one. Uh, let me... Well, look at yes, that. So in Dubai, yes. bag of money. Uh, I- I'm sure he's feeling great about himself after winning the tiebreak tens, but I only saw that he entered like as an alternate for somebody or something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm going for Zizou Bergs because I, I, I would I would love to see him win this honestly. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the the exact amount of money that he won, but I remember it was like crazy compared to his career price. Uh, you know, yeah, career yeah. His winning career winnings. So yeah, he was he was like an alternate for this. He I think someone someone pulled out or he got a wild card something something like that. Uh, and and the yeah, an incredible story. I wonder how much confidence that actually gives you. Gives him a lot of money, which money uh, definitely yes. Oh, yeah. one hundred and thirty six thousand dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> because it's half a, half a million in uh, the the you know the currency of uh, wherever Dubai is, United Arab Emirates, right? Yes. Or, yeah. 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 I mean that, that that's that's something great for him. Um, and you yeah, know, and, and his price money, he'll he'll go out there and enjoy himself. And so on. I'm his prize money that. for his whole career is $153,000. So yeah, he pretty much earned as, as much as he did for, during his whole career in, in Dubai. That's playing that free tiebreakers. <laughs> but he did play excellent there. I, I can't remember. He beat Brown, Monfils, and Fritz, I think. Uh, never mind, actually. Tiebreak tense is probably not the, the topic here. So you went for Bergs, right? Uh, yes, I decided to go for, for Bergs there. Although okay. I do think that Cressy will probably win this title. <laughs> um, but yes. Have a chance. Let's go to Maya. Clayendor, uh, we have Andre Martin, my favorite. Not really. as <laughs> the top seed. <laughs> I'm sure he will disappoint me once again, either in the first round against uh, Carlos Sanchez Jover or potentially in uh, against Elio Benchitri or a qualifier in the second round. Uh, if he goes through that, uh, he could disappoint me in the quarterfinals against Steven Diaz, who's the seventh seed uh, that faces Oriolo Cabataya, uh, or potentially Louis Vessels or another qualifier. Uh, in the next section, we have Joao Dominguez, the fourth seed, playing my uh, The winner faces Pedro Araujo or Calvin Emery. Other seed in the section is Chun Xin Tseng, formerly coached by Dominic Herbati. 
And if he beats a qualifier, he will face Duarte Valle or Nicolas David Yonel. In the third section, we have Gastao Eliash playing Eduard Esteve Lobato. Winner faces Tiago Cacao or David Pichler. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, the other scene in the section is Jeffrey Blancano, uh, the eighth seed, playing Nicolas Sanchez Izquierdo. Winner faces Oliveira or Hamu. In the final section, we have second seed uh, Kimir Kopians playing Paul Jubb in the first round. The winner faces uh, Julian Canina or a qualifier. And we also have uh, the fifth seed Nuno Borges playing Elmar Eupovic. Uh, winner of that faces Dugas or Gachov. What do you make of this draw? Yeah, um, I don't think there's anyone really interesting in the qualities. Uh, that you know that could go so far. Francisco Cabral on a on a match. I want to see. I want to watch him in singles tomorrow. He he was he's been playing with Borges in doubles a lot. I have no idea what he plays in singles, frankly. Uh, Oscar Moraing as well, uh, the cousin of of Mats, whom we've been talking about a lot. I I also can't remember what Oscar plays to be honest. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the draw is definitely significantly weaker than what we had in Maya the past two years, which kind of shows you that, you know, December is... Uh, at least the players are not used to it, uh, to, you know, to scheduling the events in, in December. Uh, I would love to see Paul Jab do well, but I don't know if he's going to be that good on clay. Like, his ITF records look pretty good, but he's got pretty much no experience at this level on, you know, on, on, on that surface. I think his, his potential probably lies on hard courts more. Uh, I was thinking of Gastao Elias, uh, but that first round against Estefano Bato doesn't really look appealing to me, especially thinking of Estefano Bato doing very well in Antalya. And I am sort of torn between just going like the regular person for Nuno Borges again, because honestly, I don't think this field is that much tougher than, than Antalya. Kopejans is tougher for sure, but Eliash in this, in this half. But other than that, not really. And I could go for some absolute craziness as well and go with Calvin Emery. <laughs> Because if if Calvin if Calvin Emery plays like he did against Kokinakis or like he did against Lehechka this year, I think he can win this. And I am screw it. I mean, at this point, I'm pretty much lost. I am going for Calvin Emery. Uh, okay, <laughs> I thought you were doing serious picks this week. Um... I, this is serious. I mean, really, this is serious. What what do you want? Uh, his career high ranking is 116. That's probably like better than almost everyone else in the draw besides Martin probably right Elias as well yeah yeah um yeah I mean, we'll see he plays a he plays a wild card to start so that's a good start oh, Copa sure. was in the top 100 as well I totally forgot about yeah it. yeah um yeah I, w- I was I actually picked somebody else because I thought that you were going to we were going to pick Nuno Borges and I wanted you to have the opportunity to <laughs> score a point there thank you <laughs> um so no going for Nuno Borges as I did the whole lead-in about Andre Martin disappointing me he can only disappoint me if I believe in him and if I pick him so I am going for Andre Martin the top <laughs> <two>. uh <laughs> It's you know I don't I don't win anything if if he wins he's a top seed, it's on clay he he is like he's like a good clay court player, the draw he's supposed to be but this year the draw especially really when you picked him 
Yeah, I mean, whenever I've picked him, it's been an absolute nightmare. Uh, but I'm picking him again. Here we go. Adrivatid. Okay. Strap me to that to that bus once again. He took a set uh, of Novak Djokovic this year. Just just yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna he say that. Yeah. Belgrade. <laughs> that doesn't even need a comment. Yeah, like, he took a set yeah. of Novak Djokovic. What do you want? And, and, and Molchan made the final. He's played <laughs> so much, by the way. Like I I have to take out the yeah the subtract, uh, yeah yeah because I I have his records along with Bundesliga so I had to subtract it but yeah 33 events yes this is gonna be the 34th one yeah God horrible he should just stay home next <laughs> time <laughs> well unless he was if he was he hasn't uh, played in um, over a month he didn't actually yeah. go to South America because I remember we were uh, we were talking about this that he played in Europe, went to South America for two weeks to play on Altitude Clay. And then we sort yeah. of figured that he should stay there because he was planning to go, get back there anyway. But after the, the loss to Misolic at Sloshin. So he actually got 33 events, even though he finished in October. Yeah, which is quite, quite insane. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't think that we'd see, that we'd see him again uh, this year, but here we go. Yeah, Andre Martin, let's go. Okay. <laughs> uh, and let's close out uh, with another Antalya 50 in uh, in Antalya. Yeah, I was going to say Antalya 50 <laughs> in Antalya. That's where it is. We have top seed Cem Ilkel uh, playing Ivan Nedelko. Uh, what a match. What a match. I mean, ah, come on. This is something. This is just box office. Yeah, if, if he cares to win the first round, he will face uh, Philip Christian Giano or Sarp uh, Agabigun. Uh, a, lot, a lot of interesting babes, I guess, uh, in the in the section. We have fifth seed Ricardo Bonadio uh, playing Oliver Crawford, and the winner faces Fabian Marojan or Doug Healy. Uh, second section, we have Varian Peniston as the four seed playing uh, Yang Xiuxiu. Uh, the winner faces Giovanni Fonio or Qualifier. So he could play back to back guys who did, who did quite well in the doubles last week there. Because uh, uh, Schumit, the final Fonio, won the title. Um, other season section is Javier Baranco Cosano playing Filip Misolic. The winner will face Nick Hart or Oleksii Krutich. In the third section, we have Duya Aydukovic playing Ishai Oliel. Winner faces Sultanov or Tyunyev. The other season section is uh, Nerman Fatic, the seventh seed, playing Paul Martin Tifon. Uh, and the winner faces Georgi Kravchenko or Vladislav Orlov. In the final section, we have Ramkumara Ramanathan, the second seed playing. Ramanathan withdrew. Oh, oh, he withdrew. Tjurnev is bumped to a seed. Oh, okay, my bad. So we don't have we, we have Sultanov facing a qualifier or lucky loser. So we have Tjurnev facing a qualifier or lucky loser playing uh, Nick Chapel or Mirkea uh, Alexandru Jakan. Uh, the other season section is Milian Zekic uh, playing qualifier, and then he faces either Lazarov or another qualifier. What do you make of this draw? Uh, who's who's exciting to you in here? By the way, uh, there there aren't as many stars, obviously, but it was actually easier to get into Forli than Antalya. Huh. Uh, and that's because all the players who are ranked like 600, 700, I don't know, uh, 600, 700, maybe uh, that, that's a bit too much, but I'm, I, I'm talking about these guys like Kravchenko, Sultanov, Tifon, uh, you know, Lazarov, 400, 380, something like that. 
when they saw the calendar, they never really thought that they would be able to get into Fordley, right? <laughs> they yeah. just figured that Challenger 50 is all they can settle for, and it wasn't. But I mean, you know, they're going to know that next year if there's still events in December. Uh, anyhow, in the qualies, there was uh, Toshihide Matsui played the first match in singles since uh, January 2020. He's currently the oldest singles ranked player, even though he wouldn't be because he's just there because of the rankings freeze still. Uh, he won four games against Jakob Paul, which um, I guess I guess he couldn't really do much more. Uh, Jan Kierel also played but retired after five games. Uh, he, he was obviously the semi-finalist at Manama, uh, but hasn't really managed to able to, to hasn't really managed to, to, you know, to take that form to Antalya. Uh, anyhow, looking at the draw, I mean, Ilka... on qualifying, I wanted to mention uh, Ilkan uh -huh. is in the final, uh, qualifying final. Luka Van Ash uh, lost in the yes. first round, 266116, to somebody I've never heard of, Andrei Chepelev. Me either. I've never seen this guy before. Uh, so I, I can't remember, can't, you know, the name doesn't even ring a bell, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a, a bit of a surprise there, uh, definitely. That, that's yeah. certainly surprising. Um, also surprising that Yankee Edel played qualifying, that's kind of weird. Yeah, he got a wild card to it, actually. I don't think he was signed up. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yes, go on. He, yeah, he, he, he started with a wild card. Yeah, he, he wasn't... Uh, he, he didn't sign up, simply. Uh, okay. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I kind of don't trust now, after the previous week. I could go for Bonadio again, but I mean, he's playing <laughs> Oliver Crawford. And then Maroshan. That could be interesting, because Maroshan couldn't play last week since he was at the Davis Cup. But last time we saw him, he was in, in great form, really. Hard Krutik yeah. is a great first-round matchup. The same goes for Misolic and Paranko Kusano. And it makes for a really hard section for Penison. Like the, he, he will only have to play one of them, but whoever, whoever it is, that's not going to be easy. And then at the bottom, you know, there's not that much to be excited about, I guess, especially after Ramanathan withdrew. Not that he was a big factor on clay here anyway. Uh, the bottom half is really poor at this point. Then again, there's going to be four qualifiers. Never mind. I think I'm going to go with Dujaj Dukovic. Um, I'm not too confident in that peak, but he was good enough, good enough, uh, you know, the previous week that uh, I think he can do it. Obviously, one of the guys who I think will win a challenger title at some point, but I just don't think like he's playing that well at the moment. But they just really want to capitalize on the fact that the that the bottom half is so much weaker than the top. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty smart pick. I, I was looking at Edukovic. Um, as you said, the bottom half there, like uh, it's got a lot of qualifiers in there, so um, it's it's harder to predict what will happen. Uh, I'm looking at this, trying to think. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll go for Ryan Penniston. Um, I, I feel like it's sort of a logical conclusion uh, that he would win this tournament. Uh, as you said, Misolic, Paranko, Kosano, not great. Uh, but the first two rounds, I think, are actually not that bad. So I'll, I'll go for Ryan here. Definitely thought of him too, yeah. I don't know. I mean, so who do I have? Idukovic. That's a respectable pick, I guess. I don't have any pick. And I mean, we picked the same guy in Florianopolis, so that's not going to give me a point. And what, what else is there? I mean, Calvin Emery. 
if that works, I should win this, like by default. <laughs> <laughs> and who else is there? Cressy. Cressy, yes, of course. That's that that that, that could work actually. Uh, by the way, how do you? It's not the end of the year yet, but I mean, how do you feel about the point total that you got? Did you think it was going to be higher when we started it? I mean, we... I, I thought you were going to absolutely murder me in this prediction game. Uh, At the beginning, it seemed like so. Yeah, just because just like, I feel like knowledge-wise, um, especially before I started oh, doing this podcast regularly... Stop you, it. You were, Stop it. I'm blushing. You were, you were on, a, on a far higher level than I was. Um, but, you know, I, I, I got there eventually. I got a lot of luck, I think, throughout the year. Um, and you know, I mean, we'll we'll see we'll see what numbers are when we finish. But I'll, obviously, I'll try to beat the next year, and I, and I should beat the next year because I'll have more weeks to actually predict it. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, you, know, you joined the podcast on on in March, but I think we started the predictions game like a bit further, maybe the beginning of April or something like that. I definitely didn't think we were gonna get uh, ten points and like. Uh, and something um, I, I i thought we were just gonna stay on like five or six i thought this was gonna be way tougher but there were some weeks where we like the you know the, there it was yeah, I mean, maybe the, not there easy was but weeks where we had five events and none of us got anything yes <laughs> like, obviously know. and that's what i expected to happen like every time mm. but there, there were some strong favorites like otta last week who we both should have went for him but should have gone for him but i decided to choose you know uh not last week but the two weeks ago mm-hmm. uh anyhow uh yeah so i guess that's where we're gonna finish for today we're gonna meet up with you next week to talk about florianopolis forli antalya and maya yes i remembered it and then the next you know then the next week i'm just gonna have to remember two events so i'm probably gonna be able to do that uh yeah um any finishing conclusion <laughs> Uh, no, I can't believe that this year is still happening, but yeah. I also can't believe that it's almost over. Uh, it's kind of this weird thing, but yeah, I mean, we're going to be back so fast after yes. <laughs> after it's done. It's literally going to be, what, two uh, weeks before we... Before literally we every day I see a tweet like, how is tennis still happening on the 5th of December? Or I don't know, yeah. uh, something like that. And I, 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 I'm already, you know, at my keyboard, I'm already... <laughs> writing something like the challenger season is gonna finish on the 19th and the itf tour has a has a at least two events i think every every single week but then i just stop myself from doing that you know don't want to sound like a broken record and yeah and and i mean to to be fair i I do feel like itf should be happening every single week uh i I don't mind that at Mm -hmm. all i feel like challenger should probably stop before now But, why um, like what's what's the what's the reason uh, i i i'm not saying i disagree but i just just want to hear it hear it you know i mean every sport has an off season mm-hmm. uh so, you know they're they're i think across the board getting shorter and whatnot um although i mean tennis structurally is just so different to all these other sports so i guess it will be kind of odd to like, does, take this, this chance from these guys to earn money does for, every sport have an season like i don't know it, it, you know we're, we're pretty much jumping at whatever whatever comes into our head at this point but i thought of these things like no well, they're pretty much british run but i mean i i thought of snooker and darts for example like they don't really i don't know snooker has snooker has one 
Okay, I know Snooker has one after the World Championship, but it, darts, for example, doesn't really have it. Like there, there are moments during the year when there are less events, but it's never really like you know. But I mean, yeah, most 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 sports do. I don't know if it's actually needed. Like, yeah, I mean, I I I feel like yeah, for for challenges, I can see an argument for why there shouldn't be an off season. I feel like for main tour tennis, the off season should be longer. Mm-hmm. Just, just so just so you have the feeling of like, okay, the season is done. Because sometimes tennis just feels like an endless cycle of tennis that just always happens and it, it, it never stops. It's always happening. Um, and I feel like having that, it should be, in my opinion, maybe two months, uh, pretty much, just just, just okay. taken out and sort of compress the season because there are like lulls during the season um, where, where not that much happens uh, and, and the top players don't really play that much. I, I would like that just sort of condensed and then we finish the main tour in October. Challengers and ITFs, I see the argument. These are guys that like need their check week in, week out. And unless there's going to be like a huge rehaul of financial support in tennis, uh, it, we, we should give them this opportunity uh, to, to have that. But yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy to me. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty like, it shouldn't be a reason for anything, but it's pretty cool to have the off season in terms of like storylines and all, you know, just to yeah. say that someone had a good season. And yeah. if, if we just played all, all year round, then we, you know, that, that would sort of, some players would probably schedule very differently. Like maybe they'd, they, they'd have some, I don't know. I, I'm assuming most would still off season in the winter because it sort of makes sense. But then again, maybe uh, guys like uh, Maxim Cressy, for example, he would probably probably off-season in the spring or in the summer when most events are held on clay anyway. I don't know. It's it's like really, uh, it would be a bit of a mess, but I guess it's not, there's nothing you know inherently wrong with with not having an off-season, but it is a weird situation. I, I definitely remember some decembers where i didn't really have much to do and it's not the case i i just don't feel like december has changed anything <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean we're, we're going to basically from challengers have what two two weeks uh the first one i think yeah i think this because this year the first challenger started on the 20 uh, on, the, on the 18th of january if i remember correctly but this year is actually going to be like you know like usual the fourth or whatever and we're, we're going to come on the third to preview i assume uh the first challengers of the year who knows i <laughs> I, I predict <laughs> yeah Actually, yes, probably. So it's it's pretty crazy. Like two weeks, and some of that is obviously gonna t- be uh, taken over by Christmas uh, in 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 our, yeah. in our family. So it's just gonna really be well, pretty much feel like nothing. Anyhow, uh, yeah, that's a bit of a long talk about the off season. Hope you enjoyed it, and hope you enjoyed the episode as well. And hope you're gonna come back next week. Uh, see you. Bye. Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger-centric episode from contributors Damian Kust and Yaka Bobro. A thank you to them, as always, for this episode. I say it every week. 
I'll say it again. No two people follow the Challenger Tour more closely than them. That is why we are always grateful for their work. Of course, you can read more from Damien on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Expect to hear more from him on our other podcast platforms as well as he helps us preview 2022. But again, as I mentioned at the top, whether it's college tennis, pro tennis, junior tennis, we're talking about everything over the next month here at Crack Rackets as we prepare to turn the page towards 2022 to ensure you don't miss out on any of the content like rate subscribe review to this show the mini break podcast crack interviews podcast and our youtube channel of course you can find all the content on our website cracked rackets if you need the more immediate update twitter instagram facebook youtube we are at cracked rackets you want to message me with any suggestions you have i am at great shot pod a shout out as always to our super producers max fligner and daniel westoff for the of an editing job they do day in day out shout out as well to our friends at tennis point tennis point.com promo code is c R15 with all of that said for our super producers Fligner and Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.